Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Hey, this is great, man. Now, here's your host, Radical Russ Belleville. Good day, tokers and toquettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Monday, July 25th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Welcome to this special edition of the Russ Belville Show and our coverage of the 2016 Democratic National Convention. I've been watching it since uh, the day began. I've been on C-SPAN all day, and it has been incredible. Bernie Sanders delegates chanting and and booing and screaming throughout the uh, proceedings whenever Hillary Clinton is mentioned. Uh, Anti-TPP chants uh, going out throughout the crowd. Uh, it is uh, quite remarkable. Representative Diane Russell from Portland, Maine, uh, gave a blistering speech uh, to support the Unity platform but in doing so, gave out a lot of shout-outs to the Bernie supporters, uh, to the whole uh, 99% movement. So uh, it's been incredible to watch. And as the uh, the day goes on, there's going to be, of course, speeches from Michelle Obama and Bernie Sanders himself. And for that reason, I'm letting you know, this week the show will just be one hour long. There's just too much for me to watch. Uh, I'm going to put in my hour for the podcast, but I've got to watch the rest of it. So no Toker Talk Radio this week. Uh, we'll be back with with TTR next week, so don't worry about that. Also, we're going to rearrange our segments a little bit today because I want to get out to Philadelphia and get some live coverage of what's going out there in the streets. Our good friends Chris Goldstein and Nikki Allen Poe, uh, longtime marijuana reformers in the Philadelphia area, they are there in the middle of the protests, and they are there with the 51-foot joint. So after this break, we're going to give them a call and find out what's happening now uh, in Philadelphia and the fight for the Democratic nomination. But we've also got the rest of our show to get to. Uh, we'll get to the Cannabis Radio News after half past, and then uh, then we'll get to, I'm sorry, after the 20 after break, we'll get to the uh, Cannabis Radio News. Then we'll go into our Cannabis Q&A with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. We've got to talk to Dr. Mitch today about all sorts of interesting studies, including one that shows that cannabis could be the most beneficial treatment for Alzheimer's disease, something we've always suspected, but more studies coming in to uh, show that's true. We'll also give you the update on that stupid story out of Hugo, Colorado, where uh, supposedly, the, uh, <laughs> supposedly the well water was contaminated with THC. That was, of course, a false positive. We'll ask Dr. Mitch about the science behind that as well. And then as we get toward the end of the show, uh, we'll do some uh, cannabis focus. Uh, there's a study out today getting a lot of media coverage on how there's more kids that are reporting to emergency rooms because of cannabis uh, ingestions. And we'll tell you what's wrong uh, with those statistics and that scaremongering. Also, we'll get time to get into a radical rant at the end of the show. I'll give you my remarks on the weekend on what we learned from the DNC leak scandal and uh, the resignation of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. My reaction to that coming up at the end of the show, which again is going to be just a one hour show today for our Russ Belleville show as I am enthralled 
by the uh, Democratic National Convention. Elizabeth Warren will be speaking. Senator Elizabeth Warren will be speaking as well, and I I don't want to miss that. Uh, But when we get to the news, all sorts of great headlines. Uh, We've got an interesting um, story about the, uh, the medical marijuana law in Ohio being partially unconstitutional. Uh, We've got uh, an update here from my home city of Portland, Oregon, on a cannabis fair that went off without a hitch. And we've got uh, some medical marijuana deliveries finally being made in Florida and someone other than Clinton or Trump to vote for in Nebraska. That's all coming up on this special edition of The Russ Belville Show, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Every strain, every sale, every medical study. Keep it right here on the Cannabis Radio Network. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany software and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Tommy Chong Show on Cannabis Radio. You know, about this podcast, what I really want to do from now on is to solve world problems. I feel like my job is to calm everybody down and focus on how we can save this planet. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. Warning. Hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. Or at least they pay me to say that. A public service message from CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Belleville Show. Get Dot Buzz. Dot Buzz is the internet platform that fuels community interest, excitement, and new experiences. Dot Buzz is the premier online destination for internet users seeking the latest news on a variety of topics. Dot Buzz appeals to groups active in blogging, communications, journalism, advertising, and marketing. Dot Buzz offers registrants a stronger alternative to the shrinking namespace of existing top-level domain names, such as .com, .net, and .org. Get your name now at get.buzz. Reforming America's marijuana prohibition laws takes education, lobbying, and voting. From Washington, D.C. to your state capitol to your city hall, marijuana law reform involves all levels of civic life. Learn how you can make your impact with elected officials as we take a look at our government at work. All right, folks, welcome back. It is 7 after the hour, and we are going out live to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where we've got Chris Goldstein on the line. Chris, can you hear me okay? I can hear you all right. I'm in a quiet space, Russ. <laughs> you found a quiet space. I've been watching the C-SPAN <clears> coverage, <throat> and it looks like everything was quite loud, especially the Bernie Sanders supporters. Give us your uh, take on what's been happening this morning. 
Uh, I uh, don't think I've ever seen this many protesters uh, in Philadelphia at one time for one event. Honestly, Russ, and that's saying something. I've seen a lot of big protests, anti-war rallies, you name it. And uh, it was just wave after wave, block after block after block. Black Lives Matter, equality, uh, marijuana reform, Bernie Sanders. It was just huge. Um, and uh, again, it was very impressive. It, it took us several hours to make it down from City Hall to Broad Street with the two giant inflatable joints. But, you know, uh, FDR Park, the sort of landing spot for these marches down by the Wells Fargo Center, where the majority of the DNC convention is taking place, that's actually, I mean, it's a fair distance. I think I did almost a little over eight and a half miles of walking today. Wow. Now I'm you, a little crushed. You, you mentioned that there were two inflatable joints this time. We'd only heard of one. Yes. DCMJ has a joint, and the folks at the New York uh, Empire State Normal and, and Dana Beals crew up there also have one. And ah. um, they ended up, we weren't sure if the New York crew was going to arrive in town or anything like that. But um, they did get here, and it was a surprise. They got in last night, and then uh, today there was 104 feet of joint in Philadelphia. So it was pretty impressive. <laughs> smoke two joints in the morning, smoke two joints at night. Uh, the DNC is well represented yeah. by yeah. the uh, cannabis community. How has been the response? Have you gotten a lot of uh, media play on this? Um, just type joint comma Philadelphia into a Google news search and uh, click it on most recently. And it has been tremendous for us. Uh, I think as far as things go, <clears throat> we really commanded a lot of attention today uh, because of the size of the props. Um, there were just crowds and crowds. And also, too, I have to say, I, I, you know, if you're looking at it from far away, it is crushingly hot and humid here today. Yeah. Um, I, I have rarely had the kind of physical challenge for our volunteers and protesters than we had today. But it, it is just really intense out today. So, but um, that said, again, everybody in the marijuana protest was certainly uh, happy and dancing down the road and. Um, there was a lot of marijuana smoking in the middle of Broad Street. Um, there was a lot of marijuana smoking at FDR Park around City Hall before we launched. And I am not aware or and certainly didn't see anybody uh, get a citation. All right. No citations for uh, marijuana use as far as we're aware uh, at the protests in Philadelphia. We're speaking with Chris Goldstein. You can find him on Twitter at Freedom is Green, also with uh, Philly Normal. And, and aren't you still writing for Philly.com as well? I am. I took a little brief break. Uh, they were sort of uh, the Philadelphia media group, the Daily News, the Inquirer, and Philly.com were re sort of restructuring, but I'm going to be back to writing later this week. Yep. All right. So I've been watching the uh, the DNC, uh, the inside feed from C-SPAN, and what you describe as, as being a big contingent of Bernie Sanders supporters uh, appears to be happening inside as well with chants of uh, stop TPP and Bernie, 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 and booze when people are mentioning Hillary Clinton and, and uh, Tim Kaine. Uh, from, from a political standpoint, even just taking the marijuana out of this, have you ever seen a convention anything like this? No, no, Russ. I, I think that one of the things, um, as as much of a, a gigantic debacle as the RNC was last week, it took a lot of people's attention away from the very real discord that's been happening within the Democratic Party for quite some time. 
and um, everything with the WikiLeaks and also the superdelegate fight. And just the even all those things aside, where Clinton and Sanders ended up here at the convention in Philadelphia, yeah, there's a lot of discord in the Democratic Party. And there really is um, not, uh, you know, I know they want to sort of put out this message like, hey, we're more unified than the other guys. But um, at the end of the day, they haven't found that unity yet. I mean, certainly I've spoken to delegates who even threatened, to, you know, there were rumors of a threat that Bernie Sanders delegates would be walking onto the floor with their voter registration cards like held out. Like, yes, it's getting contentious. Yes, it's getting very strong. On the other hand, the Sanders campaign is very shrewdly working the party politics with behind the scenes by getting things like marijuana onto the party plank. So they see this as an opportunity to like affect the party overall. And they're doing that. Um, you know, I, you know, Russ, I think one of the funny things is when, when Bernie Sanders endorsed Hillary Clinton, a lot of people were rightfully disappointed, myself included in a lot of ways. But I think it's funny that a lot of people woke up to the idea that Bernie Sanders was a politician, you know, before all of this. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> You know, the guy has a, a and not just a politician, but a very effective and savvy one. He really knows how to work these systems and as an independent. So honestly, um, I don't think um, we're done yet at the convention. Uh, he has a tremendous amount of support. They're trying to roll that into political clout. And for marijuana legalization, it sure seems to be coming on top. So you can't complain about that. Yeah, let's take a look at that. As far as the Democratic Party platform uh, on marijuana reform, I understand it started pretty good and got better as it went along. It did. Um, but also, too, Russ, I think that the first plank and also the evolution of it is the first time we're seeing like the combination of industry support with the racial and social justice message as well. Um, which is a little odd. So, like, the first plank was pretty simple. It was like, yeah, hey, we need tax and banking reform. Oh, and by the way, people are disproportionately arrested for pot. So um, it's evolved into a better plank than that, but it's still those two core messages. And that really comes down to the Democratic Party not just making a play towards a popular social issue that has the writing on the wall, but I think they want to steer the campaign contributions their way, especially from the cannabis industry, which is flush with cash. So... You know, the biggest problem of the marijuana industry is having too much liquid cash on hand. They've bought all of the houses and cars they possibly can for all of their ne nieces and nephews. So um, the the world of politics offers a, a very interesting investment opportunity for them, not one that turns in. Well, maybe it does. I mean, it, I was going to say it doesn't turn into money down the road, but it really does. Um, they can make campaign contributions, especially to out-of-state politicians. So if you're a Colorado cannabis company, you can make contributions to congressmen from Oregon and Washington and Alaska, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and you can make bigger contributions to out-of-state legislators than to the ones in your own state. So this is uh, um, uh, a welcome well of cash that the Democrats, I'm sure, would like to steer their direction at all levels. And um, so far, the cannabis industry has been picky, very picky via party, who they give their money to. Uh, anybody who helps them out, they're welcome to, to steer some contributions their way. Um, and I think the Democrats want to want to want a bigger piece of that. So uh, according to the ratings by the Marijuana Policy Project, Donald Trump gets a C plus on marijuana. Hillary Clinton gets a B plus and Gary Johnson, the libertarian, gets an A plus. What do you think of the possibility of some of that uh, cannabis cash moving its way toward the libertarian party? Well, I certainly think that it's, uh, some of it's probably already going there already. I mean, Gary Johnson is, is not, 
you know, I, I think that um, the, the libertarian candidate moniker, he's bigger than that. Honestly, he's bigger than the libertarian party. The guy was a two-term Republican governor. He knows party politics, and he knows GOP politics pretty darn well. Um, he also is a pretty savvy executive, uh, um, you know, governor. Um, and he would be a pretty darn good president. So, yeah, I think he can convince a lot of the conservative money that people would never give to Donald Trump. Um, uh, and they might give to Gary Johnson. Donald Trump isn't even really doing any fundraising, Russ. I mean, yeah. you know, even at this point, uh, I don't I'm not sure. But I, I think it's still true that the Trump campaign hasn't even purchased a single TV ad. Hmm. So. Um, yeah, and I, I think also Johnson offers an attractive candidate for people who are itchy. I mean, people who are used to giving to the GOP during a presidential campaign. Trump isn't taking their money. Um, maybe they gave a little in the primaries, but they want to give to somebody. So, yeah, I think Gary Johnson is good in that. But also, too, Russ, like, uh, you know, let's <clears throat> let's not discount. I mean, those ratings are kind of funny that I, I heard right there. The fact that Trump gets a C-plus. Um, you know, Donald Trump getting in the White House is like asking, you know, like a five-year-old to fly a helicopter. You know, <laughs> um, he might really. I mean, he'll get in. He'll get in there, and he'll look at all the cool buttons and stuff, and maybe go room room. But it's Mike Pence and Chris Christie that know how to fly the helicopter. Mm -hmm. They know how to push the buttons and start the engine and take the thing off and fly it down the down the road. And that's who would be in charge of this country. And that certainly would be a, a pretty horrific prospect. You know, I live in New Jersey, so. Yeah. Um, I've battled Chris Christie. I, I know him as a politician pretty pretty well, having written about him for many years. And um, give that guy even uh, a gram of um, of national power, and it would be ugly for the entire country, most especially for marijuana consumers. Absolutely. So I'm surprised that Trump gets a C plus. I'm surprised that Hillary Clinton gets a B plus, but she did evolve. I mean. You know, she came around pretty significantly from her last presidential campaign, but she's certainly no Bernie Sanders. And I think that on her worldview, it's a very low priority. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it wasn't just that Sanders um, came out with, uh, you know, the descheduling message we've all been looking for, but he committed to that message, too, and he really championed it forward. It was an important thing on his list. You know, Hillary Clinton, no matter where she comes on this on this issue, even if she says descheduling is her thing, it's like item number 174 on her like yeah. you know priority list, really. Well, Chris Goldstein, so we got about a minute left. That's what I'm left. concerned about. We got about a minute left. Can you give us a, a preview of what might be happening for the next three days amongst the protesters there? Well, also last night, Russ, the Marijuana Policy Project had a uh, fundraiser with Earl Blumenauer and Steve Cohen. The Drug Policy Alliance is having a fundraiser. That's what's going to be happening. There's a lot of lobbyists, activists, industry leaders in town that aren't coming to our joint protest that are going to these, you know, $1,000 dinner fundraisers all week. Um, and we have a Cannabis Pride March on Thursday. We have a Welcome to the DNC Marijuana Party tonight at Connie's Rick Rack. So there's going to be plenty of marijuana in the DNC, Russ. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm sure there will be plenty there, and I wish I was there to partake of some of it with you. Chris Goldstein is with uh, Freedom Leaf, and you can follow him at Freedom is Green on Twitter. Any other uh, shout-outs you want to give? Oh, absolutely. I, I want to say N.A. Poe, Nikki Allen Poe, did a spectacular job all day today. He does a, a really wonderful job as a cannabis activist here in Philadelphia. And the DCMJ folks uh, and the New York crew who came in today and sweltered in 97-degree heat and walked four miles from City Hall to the Wells Fargo Center. 
Russ, if, if you want to find commitment and passion in activism and marijuana reform, look no further than the people who walk this joint down the street today. No doubt about it. That is a workout. I've done many a march on a hot, humid day. Congrats to all of you for taking that. We appreciate your work. Well, that sound means that it's 20 after the hour, Chris. It's 420 in Denver, Colorado, so we got to get on to a break. Thanks for calling in, and uh, we'll talk to you sometime later. All right, folks, smoke them if you got them. When we come back, we will have our cannabis radio news for you. Latest headlines in four minutes and 20 seconds. We have your smoking section right here. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. <sighs> cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. Pay quick, the safe and easy way to pay. P A Y Q W I C K dot com. This is Cannabis Facts from Robert Platshorn's TheSilverTour.org. Supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., poised to lead America's hemp revolution at HempInc.com. In 1937, the second most prescribed medicine, marijuana, was banned. It wasn't about marijuana. The paper, oil, and chemical industries lobbied to end hemp farming. No longer labor-intensive, an acre of hemp produced more quality paper than four acres of trees. Plastics and fibers could be produced from a plant. Hemp can even produce ten times the energy of today's ethanol. As marijuana prohibition ends, many states now allow farmers to again grow hemp. This was Cannabis Facts from thesilvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to process America's hemp crop at hempinc.com. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. With over six years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. New Era CPAs offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit NewEraCPAs.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the New Era. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. 
This is your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, July 25th, 2016. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Several hundred Bernie Sanders supporters and other demonstrators marched down Philadelphia's sweltering Broad Street on the opening day of the Democratic Convention Monday, chanting, Nominate Sanders or lose in November, and Hey, hey, ho, ho, the DNC has got to go. The demonstrators espoused a variety of causes, including economic justice, socialism, and marijuana legalization. With Sanders out of the race, some of them were backing Green Party candidate Jill Stein. The marijuana activists have brought to the demonstration an inflatable 51-foot prop joint that was made famous at protests in front of the White House. Columbus, Ohio. Apparently, unconstitutional portions of the Ohio medical marijuana law, which set aside a percentage of the state's pot licenses for minorities, were spotted during legislative debate, but left in the bill to gain needed votes, a key lawmaker says. The benchmarks are contained in legislation that was fast-tracked by the Republican-controlled legislature to head off a medical marijuana proposal that was on its way to the Ohio's fall ballot. Ohio is the 25th state to legalize medicinal cannabis. Minority Democrats sought the provisions. However, such racial preference rules, even if well-intended, are a violation of the U.S. Constitution and have generally failed to stand up in court, the AP reported, citing legal scholars. Legislators of both parties in both the Ohio House and Senate said at the time they were unaware of this, but a legislator has said he brought it to people's attention at the time. Hugo, Colorado. More extensive testing has shown that the well water in Hugo, Colorado is not contaminated by THC after all. Marijuana experts immediately reacted to the initial news with disbelief, as THC is not a water-soluble molecule. If THC were dissolvable in water, remarked this reporter, nobody would smoke a bong. Officials now say that the initial tests were false positives, a point emphasized by marijuana experts who note that such faulty and unreliable field drug tests are used to arrest and convict cannabis consumers all across the country. In reaction to those first tests, officials called on citizens to not drink or bathe using city water. Portland, Oregon. Adults 21 and older enjoyed free marijuana product samples at the first Oregon Cannabis Fair in Portland. State laws required that the event was free to the public because charging admission where samples are given would constitute a marijuana sale. Numerous vendors gave away samples of marijuana and cannabis-infused edibles. However, weight restrictions on how much marijuana could be displayed tilted the limits against edibles producers whose products are substantially heavier than flour. Alcohol was also not allowed to be sold or consumed on site. State law bans any cannabis consumption where alcohol is served. San Diego, California. Researchers have published a study showing that the THC in cannabis could protect the brains of patients with Alzheimer's disease. The study showed that THC helps in the removal of a toxic plaque that affects Alzheimer's patients. It also, can, it also showed that THC also seems to block inflammation that can cause even more damage. It is reasonable to conclude that there is a therapeutic potential of cannabinoids for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease, wrote David Schubert, senior researcher and a professor at Salk Institute for Biological Studies. The news bolsters the value in cannabis as a treatment for brain disorders, with other studies showing it effective for dementia patients and protective against the effects of concussion. Tallahassee, Florida. 
The first organization authorized to dispense medical marijuana in Florida has made its first home delivery. Kim Rivers, CEO of TrueLeave, said Saturday that the company has delivered low-THC medical cannabis to a patient in Hudson, Florida, who is suffering from dystonia, a condition characterized by chronic muscle spasms and seizures. Lincoln, Nebraska. Those not happy with their choices for president this November could find another option on the Nebraska ballot, the Marijuana Party. The Nebraska Secretary of State's office said Friday that the Marijuana Party of Nebraska turned in about 9,000 petition signatures this week seeking recognition and a spot on the general election ballot. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, July 25th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Bellville Show. We're here with Sir Richard Branson. Far more damage has been done to people by the current approach. Man, you know, a lot of the coaches are old school. You know, he used to just yell at us, go, oh, you bunch of box smokers. John Popper on the telephone. You know, I think in the 60s, there was that kind of, the bigotry wasn't so common. It's the Russ Bellville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com, the national wildlife refuge for marijuana unicorns. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. It's time for the Russ Belleville Show's Cannabis Q&A with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Dr. Earlywine is a professor of psychology at the State University of New York at Albany and a leading author and researcher on cannabis and health. Get your questions ready in our live chat or call in at 971-533-7111 now. Well, sorry for all of the skips and distortion going on here. We are definitely having some IT problems here uh, in the studio, but we're reaching out to Dr. Mitch Earlywine to get him on the line, talk about the latest cannabis Q&A, all sorts of studies. We briefly discussed the one on Alzheimer's that just recently came out. So uh, we'll get Dr. Mitch on the line to learn a little bit more about that. Hello, Dr. Mitch. Are you there? Oh, yeah. Oh, great to have you here. Thanks for being here. And, uh, I hope you're enjoying today. I, I heard it was quite uh, hot out there on the East Coast. Well, it's super humid. Let's just say if you're a mushroom cultivator, you're in heaven. <laughs> it's good mushroom weather. That's, that's putting a positive spin on things. We've got so many things to cover here. A lot of uh, 
research that's going on, but the one I wanted to tackle first was the one I gave you last, and that is the update on the THC in the water in Hugo, Colorado, a story that popped up and everybody freaked out and stopped bathing and using tap water and buying bottled water, and oh my God, we've all been poisoned, and now they find what we all know, that that's not possible. What are your thoughts on this story? Well, what a stunning surprise. There isn't enough THC to actually contaminate an entire city's water supply. And in truth, if it had, it would probably uh, you know, be protecting us against Alzheimer's and other oxidation-oriented diseases. I liked that uh, one of my favorite attorneys here in, in the Albany area, Christian DeFrankville, said, I wonder how many people got arrested for comparable false positives. Clearly, yeah. the test done you know, must have been a false positive. The fact that it ended up in the news was silly enough, but I'm glad they at least were willing to publish something saying, oh, guess what? It's not true. Yeah, and, and but what about the actual science of it? I mean, we've always said that marijuana is not, or THC is not water soluble. Doesn't that right off the bat tell us that this was a, a bunk to begin with? I mean, in theory, THC could be suspended in water. So if you you know had resin in water and stirred it up a whole lot, it would be suspended in there. It would just never kind of dissolve. Yeah. So I think that was sort of where the. The, the people who were willing to give these guys a break were going. But no, it makes no sense that, yeah. that this, would, this would be a situation. It would, it would fall to the bottom because it's heavier than water and, and wouldn't really show up. So no, it, it made no sense from day one. Yeah, and, and for me, it just fa- it failed the common sense test. If, if the uh, THC were caught up in the water, we wouldn't smoke bongs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would be the point of a water pipe, man. That would be. Oh boy. Wouldn't want to waste that water. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to some of the uh, science that's uh, come our way this week, and the big study uh, about uh, marijuana as a potential for Alzheimer's treatment, and not necessarily just prevention, but also talking about treatment. What are the details on this? We heard about uh, it preventing a plaque and preventing some inflammation, but um, maybe give us a little better understanding of what that means. Well, what's intriguing is we've already seen THC help with management of Alzheimer's patients. So a lot of times uh, they lose their appetite and they're uh, sort of disruptive in you know the home. And so this is a, a chance to already help them maintain their weight. Once they drop to about a third of their initial weight, they tend to die quickly. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a super debilitating disorder in so many ways. But now we've got you know, data suggesting that there were antioxidant properties. It's come right out and said you know, those uh, fibrillary tangles that have been so commonly associated with the Alzheimer's diagnosis – and it seems like, hey, the time has really come. We're talking about a non-toxic uh, substance with lots and lots of you know, potential for palliative care services. And I, I just can't wait to, to see somebody get approval for a randomized clinical trial. What you'll notice is there are going to be uh, lots and lots of human studies that support what we got all kind of know. So we're going to have less agitation, less aggression, less irritability, but also some improvement in sleep. And that's going to be great. John Thomas in our chat room has a follow-up on that and saying, because of these, these new uh, results that we're seeing, how far are we from saying that senior citizens could benefit from a daily dose of weed for prevention purposes? I mean, in all honesty, what senior citizen couldn't use a quarter teaspoon of tincture before bed? Let's yeah. just, I mean, you know, improve sleep, improve appetite in the morning, way to keep your uh, health all together. 
But I'm afraid it's going to be a long time in part because of cannabis's reputation and all the misunderstandings about the plant where we're going to be wasting a whole lot of potential effort when we really could be helping a lot of people. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say, guess what? Uh, a, a, a little dose to help you sleep every night. If you're over age 70, I'm just going to say, go ahead and do it. I'm not an MD. I'm not your uh, particular doctor. But if you have any negative consequences, feel free to email me. <laughs> yeah, well, good point. All right. Uh, a study that's getting a lot of play in the media this week. Legalized marijuana sends more kids to the hospital in Colorado. It, it, almost, it almost feels like a concerted effort to gin up the scare machine before the November election. What's funny is these are all genuine. Like, I'm totally uh, disappointed that there are so many marijuana poisonings in kids. But as Paul Armentano has pointed out, a bunch of kids are also being poisoned by these new uh, encapsulated versions of laundry detergent. Mm -hmm. They accidentally eat those little... Yeah, and what a surprise, that poisons them too. And I think all we really need is better education, better labeling, and hey, if you've got edible cannabis... Don't have it somewhere where your kids could eat it. How uh, intuitive is that? And the idea that this is some kind of rationale for basically wasting law enforcement time, uh, destroying our court time, and giving people records is just just absurd. One of the problems that I found with this uh, is one of those mountains out of molehills uh, points where I think the total number of ingestions that they looked at was 163 over a five or six year period. I mean, we're not really I mean, it's never good when any kid has to go to the hospital vomiting from an overdose of of THC. But we are talking about a, a small, small risk factor here. Well, so actually only 81 ended up at the hospital, wow. and they were 163 calls. So already you're basically saying half the calls were somebody had to say, give them a Benadryl and have them watch cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, this is my big intervention here, and, and ooh, it's so expensive, right? So it, it, it's uh, like you're saying. It's just a, another uh, call from crazy prohibitionists to try to make this into more than it is. And in reaction to this, uh, Colorado has changed their laws to prohibit the manufacture of, of edible gummies in the shape of, of humans, animals, or shapes, like, like you know, to, to make them attractive. I guess you can get a disc or a, or a lozenge, but that's about it. Do you think that really helps in any way? What's funny is they all look pretty much like child edibles like yeah. I, I gotta admit if i were four years old and saw one of these i would want to eat it so I, I think uh unfortunately what we really have to have is incredibly child safe containers and lots and lots of coverage there should be a special freezer in your house where the kids aren't allowed to go yeah. like how hard is that to set up and people in colorado who are growing themselves know they're supposed to have it uh separated off from where their children are and this is all could be part of that and then just proper labeling. If they had that picture of Mr. Yuck or a skull and crossbones, you know, anything that would make it obvious like, hey, don't eat this, that's really all it would take.
Yeah. Uh, with uh, follow up on that, uh, Washington State has just recently their liquor control board has approved an icon that is a red hand and the words next to it not for kids. They rejected somebody that suggested using Mister Yuck, and then somebody pointed out, wait a minute, if the kids see mom and dad eating something with Mister Yuck on it, that's <laughs> not going to help any. Uh, so yeah, the the labeling thing is is well taken, and and I really hope that this. Uh, that people can understand that this is a, a little bit of a scare tactic because it's kind of kind of an overblown fear that is easily solved with uh, proper education and uh, protocol. What's I, hilarious to me is at the bottom of that CBS News page that talks about this is a couple of links still to the Colorado town uh, having tainted mar- marijuana. <laughs> right. So, yeah. All right. So uh, another study that was a really exciting one for me to find uh, – a study finding that marijuana use was leading to fewer sick days, uh, kind of flying in the face of that, oh, my God, productivity will fall if we legalize pot. How did this come about? Well, so what's curious is these are large sample looks, so we don't have, like, the individual data where we can actually say, here's what's happening to this individual cannabis user. But when you look across the states that uh, basically have medical cannabis laws or not, we're seeing markedly uh, better absenteeism rates. And, you know, we're talking about a substance that doesn't cause hangover. It's not going to have a big negative impact on your health and has the potential to replace some of the pharmaceutical drugs that can often have nausea or all kinds of other side effects that would make it super hard to work. Now you've got a small dose of cannabis, which you can titrate yourself with your vaporizer. You can go in fully ready to work without experiencing any distracting pain or, you know, attention-sucking nausea symptoms. And what a surprise. People want to go to work. People want to earn their money. People want to do a good job. And this is a chance to let them do it. Right. Uh, People substituting for alcohol, not calling in sick when they have a hangover. People with pain, not calling in sick when they're too debilitated from the side effects of the opioids. Uh, I can see a lot of reasons why this might uh, be the case. I mean, the one that's never spoken about is the horrid constipation associated with these opiate drugs and it's just really really uncomfortable and hard on your stomach and then nobody wants to go to work like that you're lying down holding your belly and i think that this is this is a big chance to to sidestep those troubles so there's uh, one final study for us. We got about a minute to get to this one on uh, the drop in prescription drug uh, uh, dosaging and, and prescriptions uh, in the states that have medical marijuana. Something we kind of expected, but it's nice to get this confirmation, huh? I'm delighted that somebody actually gathered these data and uh, got them published. And we've known this since like the late 70s, early 80s, that at least uh, with codeine and some of the other painkillers, you could definitely decrease your dosage if you had medical cannabis available. And yeah, the side effects, as we've mentioned, are, are nowhere near as problematic. And I think this is the wave of the future. And we should be behind this because this is actually going to save all our insurance companies and all our hospitals tons of money in the long run. By all means, let's go for it. I am eagerly awaiting the public relations campaign on legalizing marijuana to make workplaces more productive and save money on Medicare Part D. <laughs> I can't wait. Dr. And Rich- the data are on their side. <laughs> I, mean, I would totally love to see a draft of that poster right now. <laughs> Dr. Mitch joins us every Monday here for our cannabis Q&A. And if you'd like to get your question in by email, you can always email at 420research at gmail.com. 
And you can check out his podcast here on CannabisRadio.com, Burning Issues with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Thanks, Dr. Mitch. And uh, I, I hope you're watching C-SPAN, man. This convention is amazing. I can only imagine. Enjoy, man. <laughs> I'll see you. All right. Stay tuned, folks. We've got our Cannabis Focus coming up. We're going to take a look at that study about more kids uh, ingesting edibles. i got a few more things to say about that. And then we'll wrap things up with a radical rant, a little mini rant on this DNC leak thing. I'm going to go a little off the war path, talk a little non-drug war stuff, as I do from time to time. Hey, we're, we're tokers. We don't care about just marijuana, right? Be right back after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. The standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. The Russ Belleville Show reminds you to never smoke and drive impaired. Hang out for a while and share. Hey, everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, I'm going to do a thorough job of debunking this scare that is going to be rearing its ugly head throughout the 2016 marijuana election. And that's this idea that we've legalized marijuana in Colorado and Washington, and two terrible things have happened. One... The kids have gone to the hospital because they got into the edibles. And two, stoned mayhem on the freeways. That's right, folks. Watsy and Smoff, back again as usual. What about the children and stone mayhem on the freeways? So let's start with the Watsy. So there's been this increase in the number of kids that have gone to the ER for ingesting marijuana accidentally. Uh, 163 calls. 81 actual hospitalizations, 81 
over the span of a few years. I think it was five years or something like that. So we're talking about like what, 16 (laughs) a year, maybe one a month, one or two a month that are happening. So it's not like we're talking about an epidemic. It's not like kids all across Colorado every day are, you know, going into hyperemesis and being taken to the ER. Okay. That's not to diminish how serious this can be. When a kid gets into too much THC and has, you know, uh, trouble breathing and is vomiting and is feverish and lethargic. I mean, that's not a, that's not a pleasant trip for a little kid to be able to understand. So I, I don't like the people that, that diminish this very much because it is a serious problem. But what we need to understand here is that now that marijuana is legal, parents are more likely to admit what it was that caused their kid the problem. I haven't seen the numbers yet. I would love to see them. I would love to see how the calls for an unknown substance have increased or decreased over that same time. Because I'm willing to bet that a whole lot of the unknowns were kids that got into weed back when it was illegal and the parents didn't want to admit what was was going on. That could be part of it. Now, maybe indeed the access to marijuana and maybe indeed the the newbies who are getting into it that don't think twice about marijuana protocols and putting your stash away and keeping it secure, maybe there's an increase in that too. And I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say it's just because marijuana is legal and just because more parents are willing to report it. But I think we can't ignore that as well. We cannot ignore the fact that that is probably having to do with a lot of these cases. This idea of changing the gummies so that they're not people-shaped or whatever, I, I think is, is showboating. I, I think it's cosmetic. I don't think it has much to do with whether or not a kid's going to eat it or not. Kids get something small and they put it in their mouth. That's just the way it works. The other, the, the Smoth consideration, this is one that came out last week that said, oh, there's more uh, DUIs in the state of Oregon since legalization that we've pulled more people over for DUI in the state of Oregon since legalization. Oh my God, we've got stone mayhem on the freeways. And usually at this point, this is when I'd look at the fatality rates and say, Hey, well, the fatality rates have gone down. What's the problem? But the fatality rates have actually inched up a little bit in Oregon, still below the national average, but they've inched up a little bit. So in combating the SMOF allegation, I think it's important for us to use a a metaphor to explain this to people. And it's the metaphor of the fish in the river. If you think of a stoned driver as a fish in the river, and one day you go out to the river and you catch two fish, and then the next week you go out to the river and you catch 20 fish, it doesn't mean that there are now 10 times more fish in the river. It means you got 10 times better at catching them. It means rather than using a fishing pole back in the day, now you're using a net. It means maybe the fishing hole you chose has improved, as in there are now pot shops for cops to surveil and to see who's driving away from them and whether or not they might be impaired. It could be that the weather is better for fishing, as in 
it's not illegal anymore. So people who are pulled over and talk to cops are less likely to not admit that they use marijuana. Well, it's legal. I can admit I use pot and then get themselves into a DUI arrest. There are all sorts of factors that may increase why we've got more DUI arrests, including the the whole fishing pole versus a net. Well, now you're going out onto the roads with a mandate to catch stone drivers and funding for drug recognition experts whose job it is to catch stone drivers. So in all these cases, we've got the net being used. We've got better fishing holes. We've got better weather for catching fish. What we don't have is more stone drivers on the freeway because, folks, legalizing marijuana did not invent cars and marijuana. We've always been here. We've always been driving. And we've not been hurting people. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now about a game for your phone. Gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the board, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Mention the Sarah Jesus Show podcast on CannabisRadio.com. And don't try to debate me on something. Motherfucker, I can't do many things well. But words are my shit. The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. The Russ Belleville Show, providing dictionaries to drug czars since 2009. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make them. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. And didn't inhale. And one major responsibility is to encourage people to... 
Use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. All right, welcome back, everyone. Closing things up for this special edition. Quick reminder that there'll be no Toker Talk Radio, no hour two today. I've got to watch the rest of this convention. Plus, I need to take it a little easy. Uh, I've been having a lot of back pain over the past week, and uh, I'm thinking I just need to take it a little easier. So I'm I, I'm going to ease things up a little bit for this week. I, I hope you can forgive me. Also, uh, no Stoner Jesus show tonight either on CannabisRadio.com. Don't know why. Uh, maybe he's watching the convention too. But before we uh, wrap things up today, I did want to make a mention of this weekend's DNC leak. If you've been following this, the WikiLeaks uh, has published almost 20,000 emails from the Democratic National Committee. Now, as you know, I've been a Bernie or bust guy. I've been quite a, a vocal supporter of Senator Bernie Sanders throughout this election. And one of the things that was frustrating to me was how the election was rigged. The primaries were rigged from the start with Debbie Wasserman Schultz being the chairman of the DNC when she was Hillary Clinton's 2008 campaign chair. That did not bode well for a fair and neutral process as the DNC rules um, dictate. And then there was the scheduling of the debates when there had been 26 debates during the uh, Clinton-Obama election. During this election, there were six, and they were scheduled at, you know, three in the morning during a Super Bowl or whatever uh, so that Bernie Sanders wouldn't get a lot of traction. And then there was the media constantly adding in Hillary's massive superdelegate lead that was not real because the superdelegates still haven't voted yet, even though the DNC kept saying don't count superdelegates. They kept counting them in any way to give Hillary Clinton this feeling of inevitability. And throughout all of this, throughout all of this, all my complaints on this, what I got back online from some people is how as a conspiracy theorist – how I was just uh, in the tank for Bernie. You're a Bernie bro. You're sexist against Hillary. It's not fixed. It's not rigged. She's just winning more votes. And then I saw more and more elections coming up where, hey, how come there's not as many polling places this year as there were last year? Hey, how come these tens of thousands of uh, Bernie registered Democrats suddenly had their registrations flipped? Hey, hey how come the uh, polling hours got changed to... Uh, discount the number of election day voters who over the time were going increasingly for Bernie Sanders compared to the early voters before Bernie Sanders had even been heard of uh, that had uh, cast their votes already for Hillary Clinton. So throughout all that, throughout all that, I got all sorts of disparagement about conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat. So what happens? WikiLeaks releases 19,252 emails that confirm that the process was rigged, that the DNC was in the tank for Hillary Clinton, that they were doing opposition research against Bernie Sanders, they were colluding with the media to plant negative stories about Bernie Sanders. So after this uh, whole DNC leak thing, I'm then confronted by the reaction. Now, they did fire Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and then Hillary immediately made her an honorary co-chair for the campaign. Nothing like, nothing like uh, trying to say someone uh, did something terrible that should ever be repeated, like giving them an honorary chair position. So they already bungled it up as it is. Then they, hi- then they put Donna Brazil in charge after her, 
who was also in the DNC leak saying she was going to cuss out the Sanders camp, showing her favoritism. And the reaction from the Hillary supporters has been, well, the Russians are behind the WikiLeaks and clearly the Russians are trying to undermine, uh, undermine the American election. It was summed up to me, their reaction was summed up in a tweet that I read during the show that said the Democratic Party right now is acting like the guy who got caught cheating, who then tries to turn the conversation to violating his trust for sneaking through his cell phone. It doesn't matter whether the Russians did it to try to undermine the election. What matters is the Democrats rigged an election and got caught doing it. You don't want the Russians to hack us and uh, affect the election. Don't give them any ammunition. All right. I got to call it a day, folks. I'm going to get fired up tonight watching this Dem convention. Fortunately, I got a whole lot of weed. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. It is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You're going, you're giant, you're rolling, you're smoking. You take a scene, you manage, you're rolling, you're smoking.